0: what's up y'all welcome back to another episode of young black and opinionated i am your host christina royster make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening and you can follow the podcast on instagram and facebook at the ybo podcast this is episode 160 and i think it might be my last episode All right, y'all know this is not going to be my last episode ever, but it is going to be my last episode just for a little while. I've taken hiatuses from the show before, and I normally have a date, and I tell you guys, like, oh, I'll be back on this date, but I really just don't know. <laughs> I'm just at a weird season of my life. It's just, I thought I already had my quarter-life crisis, but I guess I needed another one, and... <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm just at this weird season in my life where I'm looking for a change. I resigned from my job this week with no backup plan. I genuinely just couldn't take it anymore. My mental health, I've explained to you guys so many times that my mental health has been shot. And so I resigned to take a mental health break. And that's exactly what I plan to do. Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm depressed, but I'm just not feeling my best. I'm not, I am i can't give you guys my best on this podcast if I'm not feeling it. So that's why I am going through these changes. Y'all saw I just cut all my hair off too. So now I really look like a wackadoo, but I just, <laughs> I just am, I'm just trying to figure myself out. And I think that we all have those seasons. So y'all need to bear with me and I'll be back. I'll, you know, of course I'll still be posting on social media and stuff. I'm not going nowhere, but As far as the bi-weekly episodes, I just can't give you guys that right now. So enjoy episode 160 today. We will be doing a pop culture roundup. I've got a lot of things to cover from Will Smith's smack hurt across the world and and Cardi B not attending the Grammys for some reason. So before we do all that, let me do the put y'all on. Alrighty, my favorite part of the episode, put y'all on. This is the segment of the show where I put my listeners on to my favorite thing this week. And I was just put on to Jimmy Butler's coffee brand. So now I'm putting y'all on. You probably already know about it, but I sure didn't. (laughs) Did y'all know that Jimmy Butler has a coffee brand? Jimmy Butler is the Miami Heat star forward, and he's also a six-time NBA All-Star. And he's a coffee lover apparently big coffee lover and during the 2019 2020 season you know when covid was surging and we didn't know what was going on the nba put all their players and personnel in a bubble at disney world and jimmy butler apparently showed up with his personal grinder pour over kit espresso machine and milk frother he is really into coffee And so he, oh, it says, this article I'm reading says he knew that the coffee options would be limited in the bubble. So that's why he brought all his own own stuff. And so once work got out that he was low-key a barista, he started charging people, everybody from teammates to opponents to media members, he started charging people $20 a cup for his coffee. And this article actually has an embedded tweet of his whiteboard sign that he had wrote. He said, Big face coffee, cash only, lattes, pour overs, cappuccinos, no IOUs. And whether it was a small, medium or a large, he charged everyone $20. And so this side hustle turned into a real business and he started big face brand. Uh, it's it's a coffee brand, but it, he also has like clothing and merch. So I guess it's like a coffee slash lifestyle brand. And he's really taking this seriously He actually drinks like seven to 10 cups a day, apparently, for testing purposes, he says, (laughs) for testing purposes. But this is where the big face name came from. He said he's still working toward that $100 cup. The term big face is slang for $100 bill. Specialty coffee is real and a $100 cup is coming soon, he says. Someday I'll have all the coffee knowledge on why it's worth it. Because... Not only is he like, "Okay, I love coffee. I'm about to start a brand like he genuinely is boots on the ground involved with his business. Um it says since leaving the NBA bubble, he has traveled to coffee farms to educate himself on different beans, regions, and the families that farm them. So it does go on to say that he doesn't just want to limit his target market to wealthy people who can afford a hundred dollar cup of coffee. He says his overall goal for Big Face is to create a premium coffee experience with high quality products while building a coffee community where people of all walks of life can connect. And it's interesting that this article came out because I recently read another article that was talking about how black people are basically trying to take coffee culture back because coffee culture has kind of become white, like Starbucks. You think of like a white girl getting her Starbucks But coffee, like black people have a history with coffee too. Like ever since we've been brewing coffee, like black people have been around too. (laughs) So there's a bunch of black owned coffee brands that are basically trying to take back the culture of coffee with branding and packaging. And it's really beautiful to see. So that's my put y'all on this week. Jimmy Butler's Big Face Coffee. Speaking of Jimmy Butler and basketball, can we talk about March Madness for a second? I know that I barely talk about sports on here, but (laughs) I did pay attention to March Madness. And I mean, first of all, it was on my radar because St. Peter's made it to the Elite Eight. That's never happened before ever. I don't think St. Peter's is just a little known school from New Jersey, from North Jersey. And The only I was surprised to see them the elite eight because the only memory I have of St. Peter's, their school was in the same conference as my school. I went to Ryder University and the only the only memory I have of St. Peter's is when I went to their soccer field because I was the Ryder team manager. I went to their soccer field and their field was trash. I don't don't think their facilities are very great. So it was kind of an underdog story for them to make it. I, I don't know if it was a fluke, but I mean, they got knocked out, but still, you know, they did their best, but they were up against UNC. What did you expect? And so then UNC made it to the final two. They went against Kansas and they lost sadly. And I'm more of a UNC fan myself. So shout out to Kansas, but I was more of a fan of UNC. And um, who won the, the women's tournament? I think it was South Carolina. Yeah. I think that they beat out UConn, and UConn's won how many times? <laughs> so this was definitely a, a, a interesting year. This was a this was not your typical matchups. Keeping up with current events, can we talk about Elon Musk for a second? Why is Elon Musk trying to own Twitter? Okay, <laughs> I don't need another billionaire, another crazy tech billionaire, like dictating platforms. I don't know. It's just get it's just getting a little fishy to me. Elon Musk bought like nine percent of Twitter, like in shares, and then he became a member of their board. And that just doesn't seem very ethical to me. I can't explain why, but maybe I'm just the Elon Musk hater. It's not I don't hate Elon Musk. It's just the fact that like these tech companies just keep getting bigger and and more billionaires are involved and sometimes they don't have the best interests of the stakeholders like you and I in mind right and people are like already asking him when is he gonna bring Trump back to Twitter that's the kind of stuff we don't need that's the kind of stuff we don't want nobody asked for that I certainly don't want uh Elon Musk running Twitter so that's what's going on in the tech world the tech world I've already talked about it before on the podcast it's just getting out of hand it's just I, I honestly, that's why I'm stepping back. Shit, I just can't be doing this no more. I can't, I can't deal with all this tech and 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 social media and stuff. It's getting too much sometimes, especially once Elon Musk starts owning it. I'm a piece out. I need another app to get on. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I have a lot of other stuff to cover today. I don't even know where to start. Should I start with the Oscars? Let's just address the elephant in the room. Okay, so y'all know that I really don't be watching award shows live because I don't have cable, right? So. I went to bed early that night, honestly. And I woke up to a text message that was like, yeah, um, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. And I was like, what? I, I immediately went to Google and saw the video and my jaw just dropped. First, I just laughed out loud. It's just funny to me because he really did that shit. He really did some nigga shit. He really slapped another black man in front of everybody on live TV. And... I, when I first saw the video and and I, and I understood the context of Chris Rock making a joke about Jada and her bald head and she has alopecia. Okay, number one, this goes back to what we talked about with Dave Chappelle. Like, where do you draw the line? Co- comedy these days, I do feel like, Some people are like, oh, so you're so sensitive. Like you should be able to say whatever you want. But I do feel like you just got to get with the times. Old comedians, y'all really got to get with the times. And I'll talk about this later when I talk about what I've been watching. I watched Mike Epps stand up and he did a fine job addressing LGBTQ people and all that stuff without offending anybody. And it is possible. Like you can be a comedian without offending people. And I mean, I understand that there's writers involved in award shows and Chris Rock probably didn't even write that joke. I don't know. But the point is, it was just a messy situation <laughs> from beginning to end. The joke should have never been said. Will should have never hit Jada. I mean, Chris Rock. Although I can understand why Will hit Chris Rock because he was just a husband trying to honor his his wife and, and, and stand up for his wife. But on the other hand, I can see Jada's perspective. She didn't ask for that. She definitely didn't ask for you to embarrass her in public because that probably would have embarrassed me too. But I didn't like how... Okay, once your husband did do it, like, you need to be on his side. The fuck? I feel like Jada's been embarrassing Will for a very long time. And her response after the smack just wasn't really what I expected. It probably is what people expected from Jada because of how trash she's been to Will. But I just wasn't expecting that because I saw it as a good thing. I saw it as like, yeah, your husband stood up for you. And he said, love makes you do crazy things, you know? And he really does genuinely love her. But on the other hand, she was just like, I wish Will didn't get physical with Chris. Like, whose side are you on, girl? Like, he was standing up for you. So I didn't really like her response in that way. Um, I don't know. I honestly just wish they would get a divorce. I, I know it's sad to wish somebody's divorced, but I just don't think that they really are on the same page anymore. I don't know what's going on with their marriage. But I, I'll tell you what. I saw a tweet that was like, first I Googled Will Smith's net worth. Then I Googled Chris Rock's net worth. Then I Googled Jada's net worth. Then I Googled my net worth and I decided to mind my business. And that is exactly what I'll be doing. It's like, okay, I get it. We talked about it on Monday. We talked about it on Tuesday. We talked about it for a whole week. Okay, I understand. But why are we going on week two of this? Why are we still talking about it? And why is Will Smith being reprimanded? I understand like you can't just assault a man in public like there are consequences. But why are they pausing Bad Boy 4? Why? I don't know about you, but I still support Will Smith. I'm still gonna watch Will Smith's movies. I'm not boycotting anything. And I don't understand why this man might lose his career just because he acted out of rage. I understand that it was not okay, but there are many people in the academy who have done far worse. And I feel like his, I mean, literally rapist in the academy. And I just feel like his career is being blackballed because he's a black man who acted physically, violently. Uh, and another thing, white people stay out of black folks business. Cause why, do I, why is Jim Carrey on Good Morning America giving his thoughts on the Will Smith incident? I don't give a fuck what Jim Carrey thinks, respectfully. I don't think white people need to be talking about what happened between two black men because then the headlines were, oh, it was it was so violent and anybody could have been hurt. No, that was a targeted slap, a targeted slap to a man who made a joke about another man's wife. Nobody else was going to be harmed. Will Smith was not gonna go on a violent rampage. And, and I don't like how black men are turned into animals just because they show emotion, okay? And it's sad that Denzel and Tyler Perry had to talk to him on the side and calm him down, but that smack was probably a long time coming. That slap was years in the making. Will is tired. Will is tired of defending his wife and he's tired of y'all talking about her. And I'm tired of seeing him not be appreciated so that's why I said I wouldn't mind if they got a divorce because who are y'all fooling why are y'all trying to keep this marriage together so that's my two cents on the Oscars again it's been like two weeks why are we still talking about this I don't know but I hope that Will Smith's career is not affected by this because that's the whole thing right he was there to win an Oscar he ended up winning the best lead actor or whatever for King Richard He won his first Oscar, and this whole thing has just overshadowed that. It was supposed to be an awesome congratulatory moment, and instead, it just turned into he might lose his career because he hit another man, so... And Chris Rock, Chris Rock deserves that shit. Do you guys remember that old video that surfaced of Chris Rock, like, at a round table of comedians? And he was the only Black one, and it was all white comedians, and he was allowing them to say the N-word. He was actually egging them on and saying it with them, with the hard R. And... The only one who didn't participate was Jerry Seinfeld. So shout out to Jerry Seinfeld. Because the other white comedians like, oh, they were like, oh, come on, Jerry. Don't you want to say it? And he was like, no, I don't really have a desire to say that word. And I'm just wondering why Chris Rock sat there and allowed that to happen. He's a coon, bro. He's weird. I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's just my two cents. I just had to get off, the, off my chest. Speaking of award shows, let's get into the Grammys. And I have to say... I like the Oscars red carpet looks better than the Grammys. The Grammys, I don't know what y'all had on this year. I don't know who was styling y'all, but <laughs> I mean, they weren't bad. They just didn't wow me. They were just kind of bleh. I really honestly like the Grammys looks from the, they had like a Grammys black honors ceremony the night before. And those outfits were stunning. Sweetie had on this like uh, mermaid turquoise sequin type cutout dress with, with the matching boots, that was cute, I don't know what, I mean, the Valentino she wore on the Grammy's red carpet wasn't bad, it was just kinda plain, it was kinda just eh, to me, but I did like the hot pink on her at least, I don't know. And then Doja Cat, I like Doja Cat's outfit, but you know, the spiked hairs coming back, the 90s, 2000s look hasn't really grown on me yet. And finally, um, Chloe Bailey, Chloe Bailey with the Donna Summer disco ball, I like the dress, the dress was, Fitting the dress was beautiful, but why the cape? Just take the cape off. We don't need the cape, so yeah. I wasn't really feeling the uh, the red carpet, but as far as the awards, uh, Jasmine Sullivan won her first Grammy, so shout out to Jasmine for Hotels. It's been a long time coming. We're so excited for our sis. Her outfit was cute. I really want that leather jacket, that was a cute outfit. And then, um, Tyler the Creator won Best Rap Performance. Now, mind you, he beat out Nas, J. Cole and Kanye's Donda so uh, shout out to Tyler but I personally actually never listened to that album from top to bottom sorry not gonna lie to you guys (laughs) but um he did win so shout out to Tyler and who else won oh Lucky Day won Lucky Day won for best R&B album Table for Two was awesome I told you guys that was a great album and um Lucky Day also has a new project out called Candy Drip I'm a fan of that as well. He's got features from a little Dirk Desmino. Um, Actually, that's pretty much it. He doesn't have a lot of <laughs> features on this one, but his voice is great by himself. He can carry an album by himself. Obviously, he won a Grammy. So um, shout out to Lucky Day and all the Grammy winners, especially Questlove. Questlove is halfway to his EGOT, y'all. Well, he's already had Grammys with the Roots before this, but he won another Grammy this year for his documentary, Summer of Soul. And he won an Oscar, guys. He won an Oscar for Best Feature Documentary Film. And so that's halfway there. And EGOT is an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and a Tony. So he already has an Emmy. No, not an Emmy, I'm sorry. A Grammy and an Oscar. And so Questlove tweeted, I'm not halfway to an EGOT, I'm going to the ghetto, G-E-T-O, I felt that, I love that, he's doing this for black people, his mission has always been the same, he's really for the culture, and um, well, I'm not, I I will say though, (laughs) Questlove, cough, cough, I have been trying to get a press pass for Roots Picnic, it's been a little difficult, buddy, but, However, I know that he is for the people and that documentary was for the people. And if you guys still haven't seen it, it's available on Hulu. I really enjoyed it. I just, it's just black history, moments of black history that we truly don't even talk about and nobody even knows about. It's unheard of. It's sitting in, in tapes in a box in somebody's basement for 50 years, just like this documentary. So check that documentary out. It's called Summer of Soul and is now a Grammy and an Oscar winner. Okay. Now let's get into what I've been listening to. As I said, Candy Drip by Lucky Day for the R&B vibes, but I'm on my hip hop time. I am in my bag. I told y'all I've been in this weird season, just trying to hype myself up and get out of my rut. And I got the Lotto on and Lotto is giving bad bitch. hey, it's giving rich bitch. (laughs) hey. Lotto, 777. This is what her second album, her sophomore album. I'm impressed. I loved it. Truly. um, It's Giving is my favorite song. Uh, There's multiple songs that I enjoy on the album. Um, Sunshine featuring Lil Wayne and Childish Gambino. Sunshine on me. Yeah, she be singing on there. Girl, she's getting it. And it's just great vibes. Let me see who else she got on there. She got Lil Durk. She's got Kodak Black. Uh, I think she did say in an interview like she regretted having him featured. Oh, Willie. Willie featuring 21 Savage. Pop it like a Willie. Hop on top and not go silly. Yeah, I love that song. Just check out this album. She's just doing her thing. I'm really happy for her. She's so young and popping and she really has that fire confidence that we need, you know? So Lotto, listen to some Lotto. And last but not least, what have I been listening to? D-Day, a the Girls mixtape. I know that's right, Gangsta Grizzles. Okay, listen, <laughs> this mixtape was so fire, just, just hardcore, everything that I needed and more earth, K- earth gang. Earth Gang, J. Cole, uh, J. I. D., Sheck Wes is on there, even though you know how we feel about Sheck West sometimes. But uh, <laughs> Two Chains was on there, ASAP Ferg, everybody jumped on this joint, and it was just awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, obviously, you know, back in the day, having a, a DJ drama mixtape, a Gangsta Girls mixtape, was really like the height of an artist's career like that that just meant like everything. That just meant like you really made it, like you've arrived. And so DJ Drama later went on to develop, you know, artists like Lil Uzi Vert and Jack Harlow, and he kind of got out the mixtape gangs game. So for this, well, first of all, he technically I think he produced um Tyler the Creator's album that I just said he won a Grammy for. So I guess he's a Grammy winner now too. Um so this is just awesome to see like Back in the day, the cops were really after him. Like, the cops, <laughs> the feds were after DJ Drama for selling these illegal mixtapes. And just to see how far he's come and to join forces with Dreamville. You know, Dreamville already knows how to make a mixtape. I mean, look at Revenge of the Dreamers. So for them to join forces, this was just such an iconic moment in hip-hop, for me at least. So check out the D-Day Gangsta Girls mixtape. Um, like I said, Reasons on there, Bosses on there, Earth Gang. Uh, Omen, it's just... Oh, and of course, Ari Lennox. The whole squad is on there. And DJ Drama, ad libs. You can't beat it. (laughs) He literally says, I know y'all wasn't expecting this. Uh, Yeah, so check out the D-Day mixtape with the whole Dreamville crew. And speaking of Dreamville, they just had their Dreamville Fest. Man, I wish I could go. I I was supposed to go in 2020, but of course, COVID ruined that. And now... They apparently had it again, and it was in person, and it was awesome, and it was just black excellence, black beauty. That's why I love black events. Kind of like Summer of Soul, man. That's what it's all about, just black people getting together and having a safe space, something for us, by us. So that's awesome to see what Dreamville's doing. Y'all, I just realized I never got to the point I wanted to make about Cardi B. The reason that Cardi B didn't go to the Grammys is she said that she didn't want to go to the Grammys unless she was performing or... What did she say? I I had an article up and I forgot about it. Hold on. She said, oh, first of all, she was, fans were mad at her and they were like, why did you hype us up and tell us that you were going to the Grammys? She said, when the F did I hint I was going? I I can't even read this quote because y'all know she be having some typos sometimes. I'm sorry. She said, when did I hype y'all up? where and when did I ever gave hints? Like, are you okay? I'm not going to an award if I don't got a new song to perform or my album ain't out next year. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that was kind of salty. Like, oh, unless I'm, she was nominated. She was nominated for best rap performance for Up, but I guess she was just kind of in her feelings. Like I'm not going unless blah, blah, blah. And so that's that. And she ended up deleting or deactivating her Twitter and her Instagram, because she got into a spat with followers over this. Like y'all was really coming for her children. That people, people be so angry with celebrities. They be saying foul things about their children. Like I'm gonna kill your daughter if you don't go to the Grammys. Are you insane? So I don't, listen, y'all see how I'm moving these days. I completely understand Cardi deactivating her social and taking a step back and not going to the Grammys if she don't feel like it. That's that's 2022 energy. I'm not doing nothing I don't feel like no more. So I just had to um put that in there because I just remembered I didn't mention Cardi. It has been kind of quiet from Cardi. Y'all know I've been asking for an album, but she's working on other things. Like I saw, um... She did a voiceover for the Baby Shark show on, Nep- on on Nickelodeon with her whole family, her offset and culture. So she got other things going on. She ain't worried about y'all no damn Grammys. Beyonce don't even go to the Grammys and y'all don't bother her about it. <laughs> so, um, well, Cardi B's not Beyonce, but you know what I mean. Let's just move on to what I've been watching, okay? <laughs> so uh, yeah, speaking of music, let's talk about Top Boy. This is kind of old, but... I just started binging Top Boy, and I love it. It's executive produced by Drake, among other people. And I just feel like I'm British now. And I just want to say, it's mad, isn't it, bruv, to everything. <laughs> I want to be British so bad. This is awesome. Top Boy is all about, uh, uh, it's just a drama series set in, in England, but is black British people uh, dealing with life, dealing with immigration, dealing, dealing with grief, dealing with drug dealing to get by and it's, it's a lot. So it's an awesome show and I really enjoy it. Um, now one show that I'm not really feeling, sorry to say, I didn't even finish the first episode was Bust Down on Peacock. And I wanted to give this a chance because I see this renaissance of like new black TV shows like black created or or black written or whatever. There's this renaissance happening, right, with Harlem and Grand Crew. Have you guys seen Grand Crew on Peacock? I like Grand Crew. Grand Crew's a little corny, but a little funny. It's just fun. Bust Down was weird. That was dark comedy. They was talking about getting touched. And I understand that we do have to broach those subjects, but I don't really want that in my comedy series, especially on episode one. It was like five minutes in, like the dude was molested. It was weird. So I don't know. Maybe I should finish the episode. Maybe I should give it another chance because it is black creatives, but... That's the thing. I think that we've talked about this before on the podcast. Like, not everything created by Black people is as awesome as we think it'll be. I'm rooting for you because you're Black, but I might be rooting from afar because (laughs) I couldn't even finish that episode. But y'all check out Bust Down if you want to on Peacock. Now, another show that I've been watching is Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers. So this is on HBO Max. This is a dramatic recollection of how, you know, the Lakers Lakers dynasty came to be in the late 70s and and 80s and early 90s. Um with, you know, Magic Johnson, Storm and Norman, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Great casting. I really do think that the casting was spot on. I think that um the dude that's playing Magic Johnson, his name is Quincy Isaiah, I believe. Yeah his name is Quincy Isaiah. I think this is his first really big acting gig, to be honest. And if you follow him on Twitter, I think he only has like 2000 followers right now. So he's still pretty new. But I have to say he definitely embodied uh, Magic Johnson to me, I feel like he really captured his charisma. So I did appreciate that. Um, I I really like you know what, he's doing on the show, but it's just some problems I had with the show. Like, number one, the weird camera effects, it's trying to give a 70s vibe, but I'm not trying to look at old film. It's, it is 2022. I understand you're trying to make it look like the 70s, but it was just over, overkill to me. I don't know. Um, I also think that this is directed by, uh, Jonah Hill, which was really interesting to me. I'm trying to find out. Uh, the crew, the cast and crew, hold on, of course my computer doesn't want to do what I ask of it as soon as I'm speaking on the podcast, but, uh, whatever, the point is, it was just weird, the camera effects, the directing was a little weird, and overall, the show is a dramatization, and they say that, they say, like, not everything that we're depicting has happened in real life, but some of it was a little bit overboard, and the reason that I was like, mm, maybe this isn't as great as I thought is because... Magic Johnson didn't even back it. He didn't tweet anything about it. Like, I don't think that people are happy with how they're portrayed in the show either. So overall, though, the show is good because it is shining a light on how racist, (laughs) racist, just racist, America, racist, NBA, racist, everything. And how it's ironic that back in the 70s, you know, back in the day, they were like, oh, basketball's getting too black. And two, and people aren't going to come to our events and buy our tickets and come to our games because it's getting too black. That is hilarious because if you look around now, the NBA is probably what eighty percent black. <laughs> and and those black people that you hated so much back in the day are now driving the ticket sales single-handedly. I just told you that Jimmy Butler is a six-time NBA All-Star. Okay, let's not don't even get me started on Steph Curry, LeBron James, black people carrying the NBA. But once upon a time, y'all didn't, y'all was racist to us. Y'all didn't even want Magic Johnson on your team. So it's it's definitely a, a, a little bit of a history lesson. It's just really cool to see an up and coming black star and his acting career, Quincy Isaiah. And also Devon Nixon is on this show. And wouldn't you know it, Devon Nixon is Storm and Norman's real son. And I also didn't know that his mother was Debbie Allen. And I also didn't. I just I just put together all of this because I've been watching Snowfall, and um, he's a character on Snowfall, and I had no idea who he was. Come to find out, his dad was a real life NBA pro, and his mom is Debbie Allen. So shout out to Devon Nixon, getting his acting chops in. Um, and finally, I have been watching stand up comedy. I know normally I don't, but I did watch Mike Epps stand up. I had no idea that he was from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm from Gary, Indiana. So shout out to Indy. Mike Epps, Indiana Mike on Netflix. This was really funny, guys. I really enjoyed it. You can see he's blasted the whole thing, but he really, he gets through the set and it's really hilarious. I was laughing out loud and I really enjoyed it. So I'm gonna leave y'all on that positive note. Check out Mike Epps, Indiana Mike stand up. Like I said, he just navigated the times perfectly. Some people, I don't really like their COVID jokes and and some people don't even talk about LGBTQ anymore, but he says something. He was like, I don't wanna get canceled. (laughs) So check that out. It was a good laugh, and I think we could all use that right now. That's a wrap on episode 160 of the YBO podcast. As I said, this is my last episode for a little bit taking a hiatus i'm not sure when i'll return but trust me i will be returning in the meantime you can follow me on social media miss chris d m-i-s-s-c-h-r-i-s-d-e-e and follow the podcast because i'll still be posting on the podcast instagram and facebook at the ybo podcast and of course subscribe if this is your first time listening subscribe right now and then go back and listen to all 159 episodes <laughs> and i will be back soon i love you guys thank you so much for all your support